You're listening to Good Poetry, the podcast about exactly that. My name is Andrew Coons. There are some people that you talk to, and from the first moment, you can feel their heart bursting through every word they say. Their sincerity and compassion for the world around them is evident. That's how I would describe my conversation with Joey Dorty. Joey is a wellness counselor at Ohio State University, and he's also a prolific poet. He joined me today via video chat to talk about his newest collection of poems, Color the World. So Joey, thanks for taking the time to chat today. I'm very excited to talk to you uh, about your poetry and your new book, Color the World. Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and just for anyone who's not familiar with you yet, kind of your background and how you got into, uh, into writing poetry. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. And so I got into poetry pretty recently, about four years ago. And this was right after I finished grad school. And I just finished my degree in clinical counseling. And I couldn't start working yet because I couldn't take my licensure exam for a couple months. So I just finished school, didn't have school for the first time in my life since like four years old. And I couldn't start working. So I like didn't know what to do with myself. And I started to get just like antsy, you know, I wanted some more intellectual stimulation and I started journaling and that journaling was really out of necessity, just like processing my thoughts and, and getting more stable. And eventually those journal entries started to flow, you know, they started to have rhythm and just, I felt really good about what I was writing. And eventually I, I, figured that I was writing poetry and it just turned into that and I haven't been able to stop. That's awesome. And I, I, I love the fact that it kind of was unintentional in some ways. Uh, it sounds like, um, what, what was kind of that origin story moment of, you know, Oh, I'm writing, I'm writing and wow, this feels different all of a sudden. Like what, what was that like for you? Yes. So I remember it was in my kitchen. It was in this tiny one-bedroom apartment that I was in, and I was sitting on my counter in my kitchen, and uh, I had just finished a a piece that I felt really good about, and uh, what clicked was I realized that that this could help other people too if I shared it. So at this point, I had been writing for a couple months, and I didn't intend on sharing anything with anyone and I hadn't and then I realized that what I had just written I think would help people and not only helping myself through processing but helping others and then I ended up sharing that piece on Instagram which was the first thing I shared and it was just this like overwhelming uh appreciation that I wasn't ready for and um like some famous people reposted it and then like all these people were sharing with me how much it impacted them and the real moment when it clicked was when someone commented on it and said hey joey i was thinking about killing myself today and then i read this piece and i i think i want to live and i was just like oh my goodness something i wrote could do that to another human being and I mean, that's, that was it for me. I just, I can't stop writing now. So I'm, I'm curious because you said you got your degree and I, I believe you said clinical counseling. Yes. So 
did you feel like there was a tie between kind of what you were learning in, in school and, and you know, going to school for and that desire to write poetry or maybe just to write and, and then it turning into poetry? You know, you have this piece that you realize can help people. I'm just curious how how much you feel maybe that was influenced by kind of that time in your life and having just come through all that schooling. I think it was influenced by my schooling. And so I, I studied psychology in undergrad and then clinical counseling. So it's, I've always been pretty fascinated with the human mind and how we connect with each other and how we heal. So I, I think there's that end, the psychological part paired with the nature appreciation like you mentioned you you see my writing as nature poetry and I do too and I think it's I think I am attempting to at least merge that nature appreciation with the psychological you know healing the brain and helping people get more balanced how do you see those two things interacting because I I definitely see poetry as as a force for healing and a force for kind of not just self-expression, but self-understanding. Um, I'm just curious from your professional opinion, uh, how, how do you see creative writing and poetry and, and kind of the arts marrying that, that place of having a good, healthy mental state? I think it's huge. I think it's something that we don't tap into uh, and we we don't focus on enough. And I think we we have this narrow picture of creativity in the way that we talk about art. So um, we, we talk about art as if it has to be a painting or a song or a poem. And I think that keeps other people who maybe aren't doing those certain art expressions from figuring out their own creative style. And I think that's so sad um, because creative, Arts can be anything. It could be it could be making a beautiful dinner. It could be like a conversation with someone that's creating some new beliefs in another person. So I think our narrow view of creativity keeps some people from being able to express themselves in ways that feel authentic, which of course can have huge ramifications for your mental health if you're holding back your own expression to the world. What was it about writing about nature that you found yourself drawn to? It, is that something that you, you've always been someone out and in amongst nature? Or is that something that developed as you were doing more and more writing? That has always been there since I was, I mean, since I could walk, I was outside. I grew up in Delaware, Ohio, which it was more country area than I live in now, and um, we had a creek running around our house that I was playing in every day, trying to catch frogs, um, helping my mom in her garden. I just, I couldn't get enough of the outdoors. So that's always been there. And I think since I've found poetry, it's helped me get a little bit closer and more intimate with nature, which is amazing, which I, I love. You know, I think that there's, probably connections to the fact that you know in our society now we're seeing mental health issues on the rise we're seeing depression and anxiety disorders become much more prevalent and to the point where you know 
I've even you know, expressed that my own battles with with mental health issues are like the common cold of mental health. Uh, you know, so we're we're at a point where it's just it's just widespread, and at the same time, we're also the most urbanized and you know technologically advanced that the human race has ever been. I I don't think that those two things are are disparate. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, with without it necessarily being as trite as oh, go take a walk in the woods, you'll feel better maybe we are losing a little bit of all that connection that, and, and we're seeing some of the, I mean, there's obviously lots of positives to where we are technologically, but there's, there's negatives that can come along with it as well. Yes, I agree completely. And it's not all bad. Like you said, there are positives. We're able to talk to each other right now and connect over Instagram. So that's amazing. But I think technology has evolved quicker than we have. And I don't think we were ready for how quickly it's happened and that requires a lot of balance and intention on our parts and uh so so my main job is at ohio state university and i i run the wellness coaching program there so it's essentially like a counseling center but it's instead of students meeting with licensed therapists they're meeting with other students who help them coach them through emotional difficulties so i train the coaches and a huge thing we talk about is digital wellness. And, you know, Ohio State's, it's in, a, it's in a city. We don't really have easily accessible nature around us. So it's, it's working with what we have. And I think it's, it's two things. It's number one, spending that time outside and making sure that that time outside is without your phone, without your camera at times just truly focused on that moment rather than trying to monetize that moment with like an Instagram post or turning it into, you know, showing other people that you're doing something cool. So it's that I think it's not only getting outside enough, but it's being really mindful while outside. I think that those themes of of intentionality and mindfulness are something that really did stick out to me as I was reading Color the World. Um, and this idea that it was it was kind of calling people back to a place of no, like sit and experience this moment. Don't don't whip out the phone to Instagram it, you know, don't worry about what's going on in the broader world that you may not have control over. Like appreciate where you are and appreciate the beauty of the world around you. That that's a theme that came out to me. Um, and I'm I'm just curious could you talk a little bit about Color the World, uh, your new book, and where it kind of came from and, and some of the, the places you were at mentally as you were starting to put it together and, and the things you wanted to say with it? Absolutely. So Color the World, this is so this is my third one, and my, my goal is to put out a book a year. So I'm on track. I don't know how, um, but I'm on track. And so this is like basically my last year's life in poems and color the world is all about helping people find their own unique style of walking this earth or you their own unique style of being a human and whether that is related to how you operate in relationships or how you create or how you um, operate at work or Get through difficulties so it's help it's the goal is to help people through this book find their own unique style and 
I believe that colors our world more than anything. So that's what the title comes in. And each chapter is a different color. So one one chapter is finding orange. That's all about like the moment and mindfulness. Finding green is that's a lot of nature appreciation. Finding blue, that's like how we get through difficult times. So that's the goal with the book is to help people find that unique style of just being them. Because if we're all just acting like everyone else, we're trying to duplicate what someone else is doing, then that's that's not coloring our world quite as much. Yeah. It's a limited limited palette if that's the uh that's the approach we're taking. Um would you like to read us a poem from Color of the World and we can chat about it a little bit? This is within the chapter Finding Orange, and this is called No End Goal. I dare you, grab your hiking boots, your compass, your hat, the big one that isn't in style. Leave your camera at home and go look for the most beautiful view you've ever seen. No end goal in mind, no monetizing of moments, just you and the trees, the leaves, the fireflies. And when you get home, after those magically intimate seconds or minutes or however lucky you were, don't tell a soul what you saw that evening in the woods, except for the soul within, the one the moment was waiting for all along. You know, it's it's funny, I the the fireflies are something that came up in a few different poems i believe and I, I grew up in indiana so the the fireflies on a summer night are very much of a iconic um image of my childhood as well and so i i personally really latch onto that and relate to that but i i think overall a poem like this it's funny because you start with that first line i dare you and so you're automatically kind of setting something in front of the reader that you know I'm kind of like, oh, okay. What are you gonna? What, what you got for me? And then it's the simplest of requests. It's it's go take a walk, go look around, and yet by the end of it, I think as someone who lives in suburbia and and you know lives in a state of not getting in nature as much as I should, like I really feel challenged at the end of that to do this very 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 simple thing. Um, which I think carries its own weight of then making me look within myself and go, why does that sound so hard? <laughs> it's just a walk. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And I, th- I think you're spot on. It's, it is a simple request, but I think it is something that some people might have to be dared into doing. And cause it's, it is hard. It's, it's hard for me too. It's, I don't have easily accessible nature at this point where I'm living at the moment. So it takes some effort for sure. I've had this conversation with a couple different people who write in their uh, nature poetry, and I'm always curious to, to get a, a new answer on it. You know, I, I think that poetry, one of the reasons poetry as a genre kind of got a bad rap for so long was because people looked down on nature poetry as childlike and too simple. Um, this idea of, oh, we're just going to go write a poem about a tree or about a flower, or whatnot, and anybody can do that, and what does that really bring into anything, and I mean, it's all very cynical statements, of course, but, you know, I I think that's shifting, and I think people are finding new appreciation for nature around them, and I'm just curious, like, 
when you when you run into someone maybe with a little bit of that attitude of oh that's nice that's cute that you write about flowers or or what have you like what what is what is your response to that and how do you kind of process that that's so funny i if someone has that approach to my writing and think it's childlike i take that as such a compliment to be uh, honest yeah i i uh I want my stuff to be easily accessible to people. And I think the people who read my poems are often people who don't typically read poetry. And um, I think maybe because it is a little easier and childlike and like not as complicated. And uh, I think that's a great thing, at least for me at this point. Um, So I like that to be honest, even though they may not be giving it as a compliment, I'll take it as a compliment. (laughs) That's a good attitude. I love that. I love that. You mentioned earlier that this is your third book uh, in three years and that you're writing a book a year. Um, What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, is, is that something that you're just kind of like, okay, that's my personal challenge for until I feel like I'm ready to move on? Or do you have a goal of like 10 books? Or that's, I mean, that's a, that's very ambitious. It is. It is ambitious. And I was hesitant to set myself up for that. But so the the reason for that is because it's essentially my way of holding myself accountable. And I'll explain that. So I only write, I'm only inspired to write when I am getting out of my comfort zone. I'm doing new things. I'm traveling, meeting new people, climbing mountains, like really taking risks. So that's what inspires me to write. So if I set this goal for myself, writing a book a year, that means to be able to be inspired to write enough poems for that, I really need to keep living like as big as I can. And it's not going to be enough to just coast through life because I won't have any poems. So that's the reason for the book a year. And I, the plan is just to keep doing it as long as I can. And it's... It's such a, it's turned into such a gift because I get to look back on each year and like have in my hands basically like my, my year and poems and I can look back and say, okay, that 2017 was, was pretty interesting and, and I can recount that. So I love it. You know, uh, Color of the World opens with a little note called Full Circle um, that talks about where you are kind of in, in history right now uh, with the Amazon burning Iceland losing its first glacier to climate change. Uh, I'm curious, do you do you actively kind of take in world events um, and, and think about letting them influence your work? Do you, I mean, I think it probably happens to everybody naturally. Um, but is, is that something that you're, you're cognizant of, of as these big things are happening during that course of a year? that you're kind of almost putting a pin in those and going, that's something I want to write about. That's something that I know is going to affect me. I do. I, I, at least recently I have begun doing that because I have felt a, an overwhelming sense of urgency to speak for the earth because of where we're at with, you know, those things you mentioned with the Amazon, with Iceland, with just these temperatures, these short seasons. And I, am scared for the earth's health at least remaining to be an earth that's inhabitable for humans so 
it's this sense of urgency that has recently led me to want to write about these things. So the world events are typically nature focused. Um, I, I would, I'm what you call a, a highly sensitive person and whether you want to call it empath or, or whatnot. So I have to be really intentional about all of the, the information, the world events that I am taking in because you know, I'm, I'm so highly impacted by different things that are going on. So uh, I think the way that I can help the earth the most, the world the most, is by focusing on those, those natural um, climate change events that are happening right now. Um, so that's, that is what I focus on when I, when I write about certain events. I think it's really interesting you bring up that, you know, empathicness, um, or that sensitivity. Um, you had mentioned earlier that technology maybe evolved faster than we did. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things for me that comes along with that is that, you know, you, you, you turn on the news and you're hearing everything from every corner of the globe and, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe we weren't meant to try to take all that in at once and carry the, the literal weight of the world on our shoulders. Um, that's where we're at now. And I think that comes with, it comes a sense of responsibility to do our part. Um, but just, just as kind of a, an observation and a statement here, like I see your work and poetry like this as a, as a great way to acknowledge that, but then also be like, but we also live here in Ohio or Minnesota or whatever it is. And there are things we need to be doing boots on the ground uh, for ourselves and for our local communities. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, we all can't tackle every world issue. Um, So I think targeting what you are passionate about and what you're good at and focusing on that issue in the world is going to help more than, you know, me trying to fix every problem or you trying to fix every problem. So at least that's the way I look at it. And that's what I'm able to do. How do you think writers, poets, you know, other, other types of writers contribute to, to that larger, um, that larger mission to help change the world? Because I mean, again, kind of taking the point of view of the cynical person who might say, well, you can write all these pretty words, but what is it actually doing? to change anything. And that, you know, I, I would say that there's a lot that goes into changing people's hearts and minds <laughs> through writing, but I'm just curious as to where you see the place of, of writers and, and the place of people using their voice in this, in this climate. I think it's huge. I think artists are able to tap into feelings and experiences and help people resonate in ways that, you know, someone who just were to give a speech or write an academic paper maybe isn't able to often. So I think we have a huge responsibility as writers to just, first of all, write what feels good for us and be unique and authentic in that way. But I think poetry in particular is just a, a really punchy way of getting at the heart of an issue. And and I love that people can interpret it in whatever way that feels meaningful for them in that moment. So yeah, I think I think we do have a, a huge responsibility to ignite that fire in other people. And 
I think it's these these sensitive, creative artists who are writing poetry or painting or writing songs who are going to save the world, ultimately, because, because we, maybe you resonate with this, we, I am unable to sit idly by when I see the earth in pain and when I see another human being hurting and and I will write about that and uh, I want that to change so I think it's the sensitive hearts out there that are, are really making huge moves and it's it's exciting there's a quote that you have on your website um, down near the bottom of the front page that says I'll never perfectly capture the earth's beauty in a poem but I want to spend a lifetime trying um, that was a, definitely a stop me in my tracks moment as I was browsing your website. Um, I, I love that idea of acknowledging the vastness of the task at hand, but not letting it stop you. Um, where, where did that come from just for you personally, uh, that, that you felt like that was something you wanted to, to put out there on the front page for everybody to, to know? Mm. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that reaction. That's I love that. So I put that there. Let's see. Because I think the moment I put my pen to paper and start writing about the earth, I am losing something of its beauty. I think we can't fully grasp it all through any means of expression. Uh... I think it's the same way that we try to talk about whether you want to call it God or energy or the universe. I think the moment we try to start labeling it with words, we miss it. So I think that's how I see nature poetry because I see nature that way. I think it's this incredibly beautiful, dynamic, godlike thing. And the moment I try to put a word to it it's I'm, I'm missing it a little bit and I love that about nature and I will keep trying but I'll never really perfectly capture it I think you've gotten to the heart of why people write poetry about any topic I mean it, if I were to think of like what are the what are the big pillars of poetry topics I'm, you're, you're thinking nature you're thinking God and religion you're thinking love uh, possibly grief um those are all huge things that no one person can define. And so you may say, oh, well, there's been thousands of nature poets or, or romance poets before you. But it's like, yeah, but no one's gotten it yet. <laughs> no one's quite quite been able to wrap their arms around this, and, and we never will. Uh, so there needs to be that next generation of people putting their 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 verses into the larger song. Yes, I love that. And I'm excited for that and how it can adapt and, and change with the different uh, stages of human existence that we're in. Um, I'd love to circle back and have you read that poem that you posted to Instagram that kind of kicked everything off um, and, just, and just hear that. Yes, so I have it here. And I think this is the first poem I've written. And... I don't know if I've read it in, in quite some time, so here we go. It does not have a title. Wouldn't it be cool 
to wake up every morning on a planet where your very existence is a miracle because you are the most adventurous sperm out of 200 million. Where plants work 24-7 to give you free oxygen to breathe. Where out of 7 billion people, you are the smartest when it comes to being you. Where plants let you chop them up and eat them without starting a plants versus humans war. Where there are new animals, colors, scents, insects, waterfalls, emotions, scientific theories, and conversations waiting to be discovered each day. Where 86% of the planet's species are undiscovered. So when a bizarre bug lands on your shoulder, you could be the first person who made him feel safe enough to introduce himself. Where everything you ever needed to be mentally and physically healthy was provided in nature. Where you were the perfect distance from the sun to not get burnt to a crisp or to freeze. Where you could change someone's day with a simple smile. Where you and everyone and everything else in this universe is made of the same stardust, making us all one massive family. That's moving. <laughs> That's I could I could see why that blew up, um, so to speak. And I think that I don't know. I I think that person who who you know looks down upon nature poetry. That's the one you read to go <laughs> you know this is this is the world this is the most amazing beautiful world that we get to live in um it is full of wonders beyond our comprehension and it's something that i think ties us together as humans because like not just physically and obviously we all live here but whether you whether you think that that it evolved over millions of years or you think that a god created it and put it into motion for you you know we all get to experience this beauty and, and look at it together hand in hand. And uh, that's that's a powerful sense of belonging that that I think I think is life changing for people when they realize it. Absolutely. I think so too. And I, I love that that was your reaction to the poem. So thanks for sharing that. Well Joey, I would love to uh, hear one last poem from Color the World. So I am on page twenty one in Color the World, and this is also in Finding Orange. This is called Curious Acceptance. As a kid, I was fascinated by the frogs, completely enamored, because I couldn't understand how they could move so effortlessly from one world to the next. One foot in water and one foot on land masters of opposite worlds and as we age we seem to lose this curious acceptance of the unknown so we find something we don't understand and we stop moving on to something else we can understand right away so we stray from the parts of our world that challenge what we know to be true missing out on the childlike fascination the wonder the awe that reminds us that we can love without fully understanding Thank you for listening. You can find out more about Joey and his yearly collection of poems at joeydoherty.com. You can follow Good Poetry on Instagram and Facebook at Good Poetry Podcast. Until next time, happy reading.